Welcome to Honest Talk about heartbreak, dating, and relationships. Relationships. The podcast helping you navigate your path to happy ever after with your host, Rob McPhillips from RelationshipGPSProject.com. Um, I, although I'm, I've just been looking on your blog um, yes. and I'm being very tempted with all the food. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the day four of a five day uh, fast and looking at pizza pie and all those oh kind gosh. of delicious recipes you seem to have. That's so funny. I'm on day four of a four day fast. Oh, wow. <laughs> when, when so I'm, the, I'm the same as you. Tonight, I break my fast tonight at dinner. I started Sunday night. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's, I know. So I'm, this, I'm in the same boat as you, totally like, oh my gosh, everything looks and smells amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Good. Okay, so, so um, my, my interest in um, talking with you is really about, um, as I said, I, I'm, I'm talking to a lot of people and working a lot on people getting over breakups. Mm-hmm. Um, which is uh, for a lot of people talk about it being as as like a, a physical pain. Mm. Um, and hearing your story or, or reading your story of of where you've um, where you went, uh, like your journey and how you came to to become a health coach, um, I thought you you might have something to share on that. So uh, could you tell us a little bit about your journey and how you came to, to be a health coach? Yeah, sure. Uh, it kind of started by accident because I was diagnosed with two autoimmune diseases when I was 26 years old. And I was married. I had three kids. Um, you know, you're looking forward to a, a life that you've dreamed about and planned. And then all of a sudden you can't move and you're in excruciating pain and you can't sleep at night and, uh, taking care of the kids was next to impossible. My husband travels for work, so he would be gone for six weeks at a time. It was just me at home with the the little ones and life was just very difficult. I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, how many children do you have? I have three. So at this point in time, they were seven, three, and two. Oh, wow. They're now they're 21. 17 and 15. <laughs> right. It's a lot more manageable now, but I could imagine yeah. um, just for an ordinary person to, to have, you know, three kids of that age to mm-hmm. look after running around and, and whatever, but also going through those um, health challenges, it must've been difficult. It was, it was, I was already exhausted, you know, it's waking up in the middle of the night, feeding kids and getting them to the bathroom or whatever else they need. And so adding these two conditions on top of that meant that I really wasn't getting the rest that I needed. And so then you can imagine how that impacts your your mental health and your, (laughs) the way that your mood is. And um, yeah, it was Mm. a really challenging time. And so I was following all my doctor's orders, taking all the medications, doing everything they told me, but I wasn't finding any relief. And so I think I, you know, I lived, I struggled for about seven years before I decided I was going to figure it out myself. And so um, prayer and fasting and, and making a lot of changes in my boundaries and time and relationships with people, I just completely healed. I, I haven't, 
had symptoms or taken medications in over eight years now and I have energy to do things like be on this interview, <laughs> which I, I never would That's have had good. before. So yeah, it, um, I just took my own journey, my own experience, and I've used that to, to help others because when you've experienced a life where you can't picture a future, you're in so much pain and you're so tired and you just feel so worthless, really. Um, coming out of that into a place where you can dream again and, and you have the energy to enjoy your life and your family and your work, uh, I just feel like everyone should experience that that level of health and wellness mm -hmm. yeah mm. just being whole just being completely happy and whole and well that, that's just that's really made me smile when you said that because actually the name of the um my uh breakup process is is whole again oh that's good i um, love that so um how how so you talked about prayer fasting and setting boundaries mm -hmm. um, so how did you, like, what was the, the where did the healing begin? And where, what, how did you come to, like, so, so, so my, my, let me frame this. Uh, my interest is really, like, I think uh, the first thing that you need to do with a breakup is you need to get control of the emotions. And so yes. that means you need to be able to, because there's an emotional journey and there's a logical journey. Mm -hmm. And to um stop the emotions hijacking you so i'm really interested in, in your process of of how you learn to cope with that well i think that um is it okay for me to talk about forgiveness on your show yeah definitely no, forgiveness i think is it, it, that is another step but yeah. yeah yeah i um well i think that that's part of the thought process you know you i found out i read something about how bitterness can rot your bones and I thought, oh, wow, that's kind of what's happening in my body right now. I feel like my bones are rotting. Like I literally was wondering if they were disintegrating inside of me because of the scans that they had shown me and, and the way my joints were deteriorating and very at a very fast pace. And so um, when I read that, I thought, that sounds kind of crazy, like kind of out there that having bitterness would, would make it to where my body would do this. but. Um, I started releasing people and forgiving people and just seeking like inside of me where I might be holding on to bitterness. And, um, yeah, I think that, I don't know if men do this, you'll have to tell me, but women, I know for sure. Cause I coach a lot of them. Um, and I did it myself. We just have these like internal conversations with ourselves. You know, we're showering, we're putting on makeup, we're doing things around the house or working or whatever it is. And, and we're anticipating our next conversation with a person and we kind of play it out ahead of time in our minds. And I don't think that's a good practice. <laughs> I think that no. we can't, because for one, um, we always, I think our human minds, um, we, we prepare ourselves for the worst when really what I think we should do is expect the best and we don't have any control over the way another person is going to respond so even if we rehearse all of these things in our minds what good is that doing except mm -hmm. causing more worry more stress um, more anxiety and that all affects us at a deep cellular level our body holds on to trauma 
So. Hmm. So, um, so what, what, did you find that there was a lot of uh, bitterness and a lot of people to forgive? There was. <laughs> I was very surprised. Yeah, there was. Um, like I said, our bodies hold on to trauma. So I would even like, I just started randomly having memories of things that had happened in my childhood with people in my family that I loved that I never really had um, kind of walked myself through a process of forgiving them for ways that they hurt me that they probably didn't even know about. It wasn't their fault. Um, and that's really when I feel, I mean, I know that that's when the healing, I mean, I made nutritional changes and exercise changes and all of those things, but that process of forgiving people one at a time, one memory at a time, as that stuff came up was really powerful. So you, you mentioned process was that, was this, um, I mean, was it a process that you learned from somewhere or was it a religious process or was it something that you worked out yourself? Well, um, that's a good question. Let me think about that. I, I mean, I've, I've studied, you know, I've been a Christian all my life and I grew up with parents who taught us about forgiveness and you hear about forgiveness in church. But I think this process that I walked through was a very, like, nobody taught me to do this. It's just something that I felt invited by God to do and, and just believed that it was going to make a difference after I read that verse about how bitterness rots your bones. And I was like, well, God, I don't want bitterness to rot my bones. So what do I need to do about it? And, and then I started having these memories and, and feeling an invitation to, to release them and to forgive them. And so I would, and I say process because I feel like that's still happening. I, I don't think we ever, you know, you go through daily life, people hurt you. And so it's an ongoing process for me to always be releasing anything that hurts me because I don't want my body to hold on to that at, at a deep level. Yeah, absolutely. I, th I think that is the case that it's, it, there's always more in life and there's always new challenges that just become more subtle. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so, um, is, is this process something that you teach or is that something that you just, it is. Yeah. I, I walk women through these processes all the time. I, and actually I think a lot of times they're really surprised by it because when people see that I'm a health or a life coach, they, they come to me and they think I'm going to write their meal plans and we do some of that, but, um, they're always very pleasantly surprised that I'm asking them about things that they're not expecting me to ask them about, you know, their mm. marriage, their relationships, their career, their kids, uh, because all of that affects our health and our wholeness. And so we get to walk through this process together where they're releasing things and they're learning to value themselves and they're um, just recognizing ways where maybe they're holding on to bitterness that they weren't aware of before. And it, it leads to really powerful results in, in their whole person. And do you find most people aren't really aware of the bitterness or, um, or, do, you, or do they seem to be aware of it? on where they're coming from some people are surprised when when something comes up and it and it really is an issue and then we really are able to come to you know some sort of a an epiphany about it and and other people aren't surprised so i think it just depends on where they're coming from and what their usual spiritual practices and what they believe in and i don't ever want to push anyone to you know, think or act or believe a certain way, but I do like to ask lots of questions about things that people may not recognize are really important. Hmm. 
Yeah, I, I, I always I always think if you get someone who's really good at what they do, mm-hmm. um, you know, like you might go for a back, you know, to get your back worked on, but then mm-hmm. they're talking about other things and, and it's things that you've never connected. Yes. But some, somewhere everything connects together. Yes, that's very true. So, um, so you began uh, the process of forgiveness and, and what other, um, what, what was next? Was that, I'm, I'm assuming that was the first thing. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about in like my physical healing journey? <laughs> in, in both physical and emotional. Um, yeah. So he, um, so the prayer obviously was the first. Yes. Um, and then you began the, the process of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I think next for me was the learning to, um, learning to set boundaries because if I, you know, if we keep allowing people to hurt us, then we have to keep going into this process of forgiveness and it can be very cyclical and unhealthy. And so what I learned from the process of forgiveness was that I can forgive someone and completely release them without reconciling the relationship. And that didn't mean that I was just letting people go left and right, but it meant that I started to value myself in such a way that when someone was repeatedly hurting me, I gave myself permission to release them, to forgive them and release them and just be okay with the fact that that relationship wasn't serving me. And so would that be with a conversation with them or you just kind of move on? Mm, Some people, it was a conversation because not everyone will just drift out of your life and be okay with that. Other people, it never really had to be a conversation. It was just, I wasn't reaching out anymore. They weren't reaching out anymore. And I think that it, it just dissolved. Okay. Um, so boundaries is an issue that's obviously in relationships. A lot of people, mm-hmm. that they lose themselves because they kind of overreach the boundaries and they're trying to please other people and, they, and they're yes. taking on other things. So now I'm imagining when you've got, three children of that age and, mm-hmm. and your husband's traveling and, and not about it, it's kind of like no boundaries there is there <laughs> um, not really <laughs> so so i suppose managing the other relationships is is something that you had to do with those health challenges to be able to be there for for your children mm-hmm. yes did absolutely that, did that make it easier the, the fact of like, if you hadn't had your children, it might've seemed like selfish to have changed the boundaries and the, and the relationships. Oh, that's an interesting perspective. I don't know. I never really thought of it like that because I never really thought of the children when I was putting the boundaries in place, I, which I guess sounds kind of selfish. I was just thinking about me and getting better and feeling well and what did I need? Um, and I guess, Secondary to that, yeah, it was important to me because I wanted to be a good wife and a good mom. But, but first and foremost, I wanted to live, and and I wanted to live well. So, um, setting the boundaries was important, but I never, I've never thought about how the kids might have impacted that. And and was there, um, 
you know, as I say, that it's difficult to have any boundaries with with children. Was there anything like you you found better ways of coping or of being able to manage the boundaries with with children? Well, are are you meaning like setting boundaries between myself and the children, or setting boundaries between yeah. outside? Yeah, in terms of for you to for you to have gone on that journey and for you to have the energy to be well, mm-hmm. um, there's kind of maybe certain things that you may have needed to have changed mm-hmm. in terms of uh, the way that the children behaved. Or um, I see. Yes. So, okay, I think I understand your question. Some, so, some you're wanting to know some of the boundaries I set with the children, like some things I changed in my relationship with them. Uh, yeah um yeah what what i'm really looking at is um there may be other people listen who are not in a similar situation but maybe are struggling maybe from a breakup or or whatever Mm -hmm. um and they're looking to to find energy and um the ability to heal from wherever Mm -hmm. Uh, and i'm just wondering in in um how your experiences may uh, help them. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, I think that when, when, when someone is struggling in any area, I think that from my experience, what I learned is that we have to think about ourselves. So like if, if someone has been in a breakup and they're trying to decide what's best for the children, but that's a good thing. You you should always think about that. But if, if a person will examine what would be most life giving for themselves, then the overflow of that is going to be what's best for the children. Yeah. Um, So for example, for me as a, as a mother, if I, and a wife, if I'm making sure that, I'm saying no to things that cause me stress and anxiety and I'm not allowing people into my life who are going to continue to hurt me. And I'm, um, you know, not committing myself to things that, that aren't, um, beneficial for me. I feel like all of this sounds so selfish, but it's really important. (laughs) Mm. Um, then what happens as a result of making those changes is my kids see a mom who has more energy, is able to get more rest, is more free from the people pleasing that you mentioned earlier, um, because none of those things would serve myself or my children. So whether or not someone else is upset with me because I've set a boundary or decided to make changes in my life didn't really matter because I was looking out for myself and my kids. Hmm. That's interesting that you've touched upon and you, and you mentioned um, it may sound selfish, but actually my next question was going to be um, in order to put those boundaries in place, mm-hmm. you have to change the way that you see yourself mm-hmm. in terms of self-esteem and in terms of valuing yourself. Right. Um, so, and so I'm thinking somewhere between somewhere um there had to be a change in a sense of the way that you saw yourself in this in a sense of self-esteem mm-hmm. in order for you to put those boundaries in place i think i heard a i heard someone say and this is pretty common but um you know if you're on an airplane 
and they and something's happening and the oxygen mask drop down the they always tell you put your own oxygen mask on first and then you can help your children or the elderly or anyone around you who might be struggling because if you pass out from lack of oxygen you can't help anyone else hmm. and that really i don't remember where i heard that or where it read it or whatever but um that really stuck with me because i thought yeah, this isn't selfish. I do need to take care of myself. I do need to get my oxygen and my rest and stop, you know, hanging out with people who are just making me anxious all the time. And, um, that's best for me and that's not selfish. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely, um, we have to, to, to be ourselves Mm -hmm. to live well so that we can, um, help other people. Um, yeah, you have to look after yourself. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So moving on. Um, after after boundaries, what other? Um, so so I'm guessing that the, the the fact that that now you want to help other people through their journeys that you've kind mm-hmm. of do you have a, a a set set of practices like fasting, boundaries, nutrition, exercise, those kind of. Yes. <laughs> yes. My life looks very different today than it did just a little over a decade ago. I mean, simple things like morning and evening routines, which sounds, I think, mm. silly sometimes, but I didn't even, I used to not even allow myself. Of course, like you said, my children were young. And so how much of a morning routine can you have if you're the only adult in the house and they all wake up hungry? But <laughs> so it's easier now that they're older to to give myself a little more time in the morning to exercise and, you know, pray or meditate or, um, you know, cook a really nice, healthy meal. So all of those things are really important to me. And I'm thankful that I'm able to do them now. I wouldn't have had the energy to do them back then. No. Uh, So I did bits and pieces of it. You know, I had in my mind kind of what I wanted to do and exercise was sometimes a part of it and prayer was sometimes a part of it. And it just depended on when they got up and moving around because, I'm not much of a morning person and I'm not ashamed to say that I function better at night. (laughs) So, um, yeah, morning and evening routines are a big deal for me to, to get myself up and going and then to get myself settled in the evening so that my body is ready to really rest and repair itself. Okay. So, um, so would you, um, looking back now, and this was, uh, some time ago, uh, you said you, child was seven so about 14 years ago yes judging from the children children's age so um looking back now if you were going to coach the younger you mm-hmm. what would be the say five most important keys that you would you would give to the younger you to have um to heal mm. okay five I would say number one would be to give myself permission to love me. Um, To recognize that I'm not responsible for other people's reactions to my choices. To... um, allow myself more time for rest. That was a really big key for me (laughs) to stop working so hard and allow myself more time for rest. Like that's, that's been really key on my journey. 
Oh, I didn't mention this yet, but this was a big, big piece too, was gratitude. I would spend time every single day focusing on everything in my life that I was grateful for because that really helped shift my mindset. So I would, I would coach myself to remember to focus on gratitude. And the last thing I think I would have said to myself, because this is what I say to people now is expect to be whole. Like don't expect anything less. You, if you've set out on a journey, then you expect to get where you're going. <laughs> so um, not to fear the future, just to be hopeful that it's, it's coming sooner than you think. That, that's interesting because, um, yeah, that, that, that's my whole kind of, because I talk to people about relationships and um, the first solution I've created is, is something for, for breakups. And the reason I did that was because um, so many people go into relationships and their relationships are tainted by their past and by their mm. baggage and, mm. and more, um, more particularly about the fear of being hurt because mm. you can't really, you can't really open yourself up to love and, and uh, feel love when you're afraid of being hurt by it. Yes. So, so um, <laughs> yeah, that's very true. So I'm, I'm looking at the list that you, you've, uh, that you've just talked about and really a lot of it is about changes in um, our conditioning. We're, we're, I think we're, we're conditioned to a certain way and we're told how we should behave. We're told how we should think, how we should feel. Um, yes. So, for example, like the permission to love me, to, to recognise that you, you're not responsible. Um, so, so I think a lot of these things are just universal things that we're taught um by society for different reasons mm-hmm. um which don't really serve us yeah, i agree completely so um i'm wondering how much of your work as a health coach is is about changing the things like nutrition and exercise and how much is the, the and, and the other practices and how much <laughs> about changing your perspective yeah, probably about 20% of the work I do is nutrition and exercise and the rest is is mindset and perspective and gratitude and relationships and boundaries and all of those things. Hmm. And so what what would you say is the, are the things that cause people most most health problems or emotional problems? Hmm. Well, uh, my gosh, there are so many different things. Stress is a big one, obviously. Hmm. You hear that all the time. Science has proven that like stress will kill you. <laughs> um, people not getting enough sleep is a big one. And I think that if you're going through any kind of relationship difficulty, you're stressed and you're not sleeping because you're staying awake at night trying to figure out how to solve it all. Yeah, um, exactly. So those are two big ones. And then um, did you know, like, I, I know this, but I'm, I'm just now really delving into some research about the brain, but our thoughts have the power to change our gene expression. And so I really believe that people are staying sick or, or unhealthy due to relationships or whatever, because of the way that they think. And, um, and so I believe that mindset is really a powerful tool and learning to get our thoughts in line with um 
truth about who we are and what we're capable of and what we're free to enjoy in this life. So um, learning those things, I think, is really, really powerful to walking a journey to wholeness. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in that. And I think even even within the relationship, a lot of the times it's the difficulties are because both sides are telling each other a different story. You know, that it's mm-hmm. like, oh, she didn't do this because she didn't care. Or he didn't do this because yes. he just couldn't. Yeah. And, and yeah, it, it, for me, my whole thing is just get to the truth. Yes. I think communication is broken down because we're making up what we think the other person is thinking instead of asking them. Like, yes. let's yeah. just ask, like, what are you thinking? Or why did you say that? Or, um, you know, I feel like this is what you're conveying and then the other person isn't conveying that at all. So communication is, is really powerful. Definitely. So um, that's uh, kind of given me an opening to ask about, if you don't mind me talking about your, you've been married for 25 years. That's... Yeah. Well, we've been together for 25 years, married for 20. Okay. But yes. Uh, together a long time. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so in days today's society that is that is one of the rarities it's probably exactly but it's about 40 percent of first marriages um end in divorce so you're so getting on for for 25 years you must have some tips and some (laughs) you want me to share some yeah please yeah okay well the communication thing like you said is leading into it is a big one i think Early in our marriage, um, we were terrible at it. I mean, really bad communicators. And I'll never forget, um, we had this one argument and I was like, we are like, I cannot live with you the rest of my life. (laughs) This is not going to work. And so we were like, okay, we're going to go to couples counseling. And uh, we went to the therapist one time and it was such a bizarre experience with the like, look into each other's eyes and you say this and you say this and we, I mean, we just couldn't get over it. Like, we're like, this is not us. We don't, we don't talk like this to each other. We don't do that, you know? So yeah. we, but it was so funny because we left there in unity about how we were never going to do that again. And so we said, <laughs> we have to, we have to figure out how to communicate because we don't want to do this again. And so um, that was a turning point for us because we knew that we had to figure it out. And we knew that we didn't want to go sit in someone's office telling us to stare in each other's eyes, saying weird things that we didn't want to say to each other. So, uh, so from there, we just agreed, like, we're going to say what we're thinking and we're not going to do any more of this. Like what we were talking about earlier, you know, making things up in our heads, we're going to ask each other questions. What are you thinking? What are you saying? Is this what you're feeling? And, um, uh, you're a man. So you tell me how hard that would be from a man's perspective. From, from my perspective, I thought that was great. Like that's what I had been wanting to do. I think it was harder on my husband, but, um, you know, it mattered to him. He, he was like, okay, I, I didn't grow up in a family where you talk about your feelings, but I, I want this to work. So we're going to do it. And I think another thing is, and this is part of communication too, but letting the other person know what you need, like, whatever it is, you, you know, if it's, you know, I, I need you to support me in my career. I, I need you to help out with the kids. I need you to, uh, whatever it is, let don't, I think women are guilty of this a lot, you know, just 
I, I hear clients say this and it's like, well, he, we've been together this long. He should know, or what, you know, it's Valentine's day. He should know it's our anniversary. He should know. What should he know? Why don't you tell him? Like, <laughs> I am yeah. expecting you to come home from work today with flowers and a card and I love you. I'll have yours too. Like, stop, stop getting onto them for something. They had no idea you wanted them to do. It's okay to ask. I think that's so true. I I, um, I had had a meeting last night um, about the differences between men and women, mm-hmm. um, and typically, yeah, men hate to talk. Yeah, um, and and because it stresses them and it makes them feel inadequate uh, mm-hmm. for um, because their whole thing is that they want to make their woman happy, mm-hmm. but if they they don't know how to, and it's like oh, every time, so. Um, yeah, and um, the, yeah, there is so much of this. Uh, women do seem to have, I'm generalizing here, but women do seem to have yeah. this thing of, um, oh, this means he loves me, this means he doesn't. This, right. You know, and it's, there's that kind of, um, yeah, and I think that is so damaging. Yeah, but it, it is. To communicate, mm-hmm. uh, but it's difficult. So, it's how did you. And, and so particularly typically more for a man so so how did you get over it and how did you get your husband like on board and and able to um hmm. how did I get him on board I prayed a lot that he'd get on board <laughs> um and I just that was another piece for me of giving myself permission to to make myself known and seen and, and to say out loud what I wanted or needed. And, um, I think that he started to really appreciate that because he couldn't guess, you know, he's not in my mind. He can't read it. And so it was kind of a, a snowball effect too. The other thing was I was doing this gratitude practice in my own personal, you know, mindset thing. And I started, um, I started really verbalizing what I was, why I was grateful for him and, and just kind of affirming who he was and, and what I loved about him. And, and that I think, have you heard of the love link, the five love languages or whatever that book? Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. So I didn't know this before I read that book, but I found out very quickly that my husband's love language is words of affirmation. So I didn't know that, but by doing this thing where I was telling him how grateful I was for him and, oh, you're, you know, such a wonderful provider. Thanks for being such a great dad. I love that you spend time playing with your kids or whatever it was that I was really admiring about him that day. I made sure to verbalize it. And I think that that practice really drew him out to where then he wanted to talk more about things and he wanted to be more open because that's just what we were doing. We weren't being quiet about the negative things, but we also weren't being quiet about the positive things anymore. And it just opened this new, um, I guess dimension isn't the right word, but it kind of is like this new dimension of our relationship and mm. helped it flourish. Yeah. I mean, I, could, I, mean I, I think that's really powerful. I, I can imagine, um, you know, so, so it kind of leads me to another point. What I, what I find a lot is um, men at about 20, 20, 20, you know, maybe like 25, that kind of, in a twenties, um, of a relationship. Mm-hmm. So, so when, when they've been together, maybe 25 years or 20, 27, something like that. 
uh, what will happen a lot is um, like after after that many years, nobody's going to think you're wonderful all the time. Um, <laughs> and where That's men true. are kind of kind of looking for that affirmation and like like I'm I'm mm. that respect and that kind mm-hmm. of affirmation. Um, and instead, what they're getting is like, well, have you you taken the rubbish out yet? Have you have you you know? Yeah. And it's um, and so you know like you're not getting it from your kids you're not getting it from your from your wife and so for a lot of men it's it's like if there's anyone else mm-hmm. who gives them that who gives them that kind of attention that um th- then suddenly they feel like yeah yeah like i still got it i'm still no, <laughs> I'm, I'm still a man um so i think that that is such a powerful um thing that you could do um yeah. and i can see how how that then opens him up where it's like the nagging is just going to close him down. But the, um, yeah, yeah. I think that, that, that is so key for, for women to, to know. Yeah. You just reminded me of something else that we did. Um, we have, uh, two kids with autoimmune conditions. And so this was another part of my boundaries work as a mom, you have kids who are sick and chronically ill and you're, you're dealing with that and it's very overwhelming and you hate seeing your kids in in pain and struggling and so there were many years where uh my husband and i didn't get a lot of time by ourselves and um you know our friends were going on cruises and these big honeymoon not honeymoon anniversary trips and things and i wouldn't leave i wouldn't leave the kids because i was terrified um and so one of the kids had, you know, it's 24 seven round the clock, like somebody has to know what they're doing or it could be life-threatening. And okay. so I, um, you know, I never wanted to leave them. And I can't remember what year or what point in time, it was a while ago, but something just snapped in me where I was like, we, that's not good. Like we got to find some, some family or people that we trust to to hang out with our kids so that we can go hang out with each other and remember who we are just by ourselves. And, um, so I think having, having fun in a relationship is so important because life is busy and work is stressful and kids need you constantly, but making time to get away. We started this tradition where twice a year we, we go away and we do something just by ourselves two or three days. It's not anything crazy. Um, but our anniversary is in February and both of our birthdays are in August. And so it's six months apart. It's perfect. We go twice a year and we love it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, it, it's so easy just to, to live on autopilot mm-hmm. and, and then you just, you, you do. I mean, relationships are full of friction. Mm-hmm. Um, and so unless you're doing something to heal and to ease that friction, um, you know, it, it takes wear and tear on it. Right. Yeah. I think it's just for us, it was about being very intentional about, but you know, cause when you're even now our kids are older, but still you having dinner or doing anything and there are people in the house. And so conversations get interrupted and other people are chiming in. And so just having time to just focus on one another for any some some trips it was fun and and enjoyable and relaxing and wineries and all that. Other trips it was like, okay, we got stuff to work on and talk about. We're using this time to do that. So <laughs> they were different each time, but always very important, very crucial. 
Mm. It just matches the the journey of the relationship and and whatever needs need, right. you need to do then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, what, did I interrupt you? Was there any more? Or no, you didn't interrupt me. No. In in terms of the the things that you learned to to focus on and work on in the relationship. No, I think that's a a big piece. Well, the only other thing I might add is being okay with letting the other person have fun. So we started, you know, my husband would go on deer hunting trips or, uh, you know, fishing outings or, you know, I'd go away with my girlfriends for a night or two. And so just supporting each other and following our own interest and, and letting each other have a life outside of our home was really important too. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the big complaints I I hear is, is like one side will let the other and then the other won't. And then it's, it's Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, That can be a real struggle. And then some bitterness pops up and bitterness is not good. (laughs) It rots your bones. Yes. That's right. (laughs) Okay. Um, So the, 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 key thing I noticed from from when you were talking about the things that you'd learned on the relationship mm-hmm. um, is essentially the way I'm going to read it is that often when when there's conflict we think it's about the other person mm. um, but I think the thing that you you've talked about is um, that really you need to be aligned yourself because the first before you ever fight with anyone else you're fighting in, internally there's there's some kind of conflict where you don't feel um, fully congruent with what you what you're actually saying or what you're actually doing, and so um, and that's why it's having an, a, an emotional response on you. So really, what you did was you got you're a very positive person, and you and you've come to you know like when you talk about expecting to be whole, mm-hmm. and I think the other thing is is that like you've kind of worked on stuff yourself without needing your your partner to be involved in any unnecessary conflict and then um and then you've gone with a kind of positive and expecting the relationship expecting the interaction to go well and expecting the relationship to um to go well and expecting that um it's it's going to work out well which is uh i think really important and I'm, i'm guessing that's something that seems to be when I'm looking at your, like the theme of, of your message and, and what you've, your journey, it seems to be about that positivity. Yes. Yeah. Because like I said, the, first of all, you're a really good listener because you, you got all that in a nutshell really quickly, but <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. Because I think that, like I said, our, our thoughts are so powerful. They have, they really do have the power to change. I feel like, our whole trajectory. And so if we're always expecting the best and then not allowing ourselves to be overtaken with disappointment when the best doesn't happen, then we just keep going expecting the best. And I think that hope is just an incredible tool to um, motivate us to stay on the path. Definitely. And and there's a lot of research um, to show that as well yes mm-hmm. for sure okay so um one thing i'd uh, you know say someone you know um was going through a breakup mm-hmm. 
um, and they were devastated. And part of um, what they wanted to do was, you know, they decided they were really going to take a, um, make their health important. Um, and they they hired you as a coach. What 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 would be the things that you they would ex, they could expect from you, and what and what would um, what would be like the journey for for them? This is someone who's going through a breakup, but also wants to get their health back on track. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, like I'm particularly focused on because that that it tends to be that we need some kind of pain. We need something not to go right before we actually <laughs> look at changing things. Mm-hmm. Isn't um, that a terrible thing about human nature <laughs> it is isn't it but, but other than that we're, we're, we're just too busy in in stuff yeah. it's only when the relationship's not going well that we we focus on it it's only when our health's not going well right. so i'm imagining and it might be someone who's in a relationship and they might be unhappy and it and it can mm-hmm. be having health effect mm-hmm. um but uh yeah i mean whether it's a breakup or not but someone's hit they've realized they've hit rock bottom and they're mm-hmm. wanting to to change things and they're um, in a situation where they can hire someone like you. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, what would be, like, so what would you do for them and, and how, how would the journey look? I, so the process is different for every person and it's always very personalized and focused on that individual's goals. Um, there are some people that come to me and they're like, I just need you to help me develop a strategy. Like I can, I can do it myself. I just need to know what to do. And so, uh, I have these little sessions called power hour sessions where we just kind of map out a plan and, um, and then they come back for another hour if they need to, or they go on and they execute the plan on their own. Hmm. Um, I also do things with people where we, you know, we meet for three months, we meet for six months and we have meetings every other week and every other week we're talking about their nutrition, their movement, their sleep, their, you know, boundaries that they're needing or wanting to put into place and just examining um, thoughts that they're having, emotions that they're having and are their actions in their daily life lining up with the end that they want to see? Are, are they doing the things that they need to be doing to invite wholeness into their body, into their mind, into their spirit? So um, it's really difficult to describe this step by step, but it's a very, I take a very on, obviously holistic approach where we're looking at so many different things to find out where is stress coming from? Where is anxiety coming from? You know, why aren't you sleeping? How can we attack that really and um so there's tools and there's strategies and if people are interested prayer you know to get freedom from from anything in their past that is holding them back Hmm. so um is there some kind of like an audit that you do to 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 uncover their problems or is it just something that you um you you talk over as it comes up in conversation i well the i've before I meet with a client, I have an initial consultation, kind of like a questionnaire that I send out. It's pretty extensive and um, it just helps me get a baseline of, of where they're at and kind of what things might be happening right now. It has lots of questions about like childhood eating and childhood family and, and now, you know, work and family and who's their support system and just all, what are you eating and (laughs) 
<laughs> where do you want to go and how are you feeling? And lots and lots of questions. Um, people tell me it takes them quite a while to finish the questionnaire, but I, I use it as a powerful tool to know how to get them into a session and get them going right away to where they're immediately feeling inspired to make changes that are going to make a difference. Hmm. So, so the question then comes up because most of us generally, I, I mean, I know nutrition, I studied nutrition, so I saw how complex it was. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so then, so, so my kind of journey started, I used to have a, a gym mm. um, and then I studied nutrition. And so I, and how I really got into this was I was looking and um, nobody was sticking to it. Mm -hmm. And so I, I went on a quest to, to find, you know, what does it take to, to help someone stick to it? Um, do you, is that the biggest problem that you find? Well, it can be a big problem, but that's why I like to pull all the different pieces in because I've found with, so since I kind of focused on some wounds and, and trauma and things that maybe buried deep that people aren't recognizing as hindrances to their progress. Um, you know, like for example, I had one client who in the course of a session, we discovered that she realized the reason she hated cooking is because she decided as a fourth grade child that she was never going to cook when she was an adult because she was expected to do it every day after school while her parents were still at work. Mm -hmm. And so as an adult, she was always grabbing the most convenient thing and she couldn't figure out why. And that day we figured out why. And so, you know, then we forgive the parents and we say, we're an adult now. We don't have to stick to that agreement or that vow that we made as a child. We can move forward. And she did amazing. She did after that, it was like breakthrough. Um, mm. You know, I have other clients who don't even want to bother with, you know, cooking healthy meals because no one in their family wants to eat them and they're not on board and they're not supporting them. And so getting that person in a circle, I also have a, a community where private clients and group membership clients, like we can all get in a community to support one another because uh, it's virtual online. Um, because having people support you on a journey is really important because if nobody else cares to do what you're doing and people are not even that they're not caring, maybe complaining about the changes you're making, it makes it very difficult to keep going. And so we uncover those kinds of things so that people can get the support from me and other women that they need uh, so that they can keep going. Okay. Yeah, I think that that's that's so important the, the fact that like the environment determines a lot of your behavior yes um but but that sounds interesting it's like uh, an investigation and to find it's, it's really finding the key of of what mm -hmm. what will unlock health for someone really exactly yeah i think we we people put up walls and then they forget that they put them up and it's not until we start breaking them down that we find more freedom yeah definitely um so okay so not everyone's going to be in a position to um to uh hire you and mm -hmm. uh work with you personally mm -hmm. but so what what would you what would be your recommendations for someone who say someone is in um not in a financial position that they're able to work with you but um they're someone that's interested that wants to go on that same kind of journey but they're going to have yeah. to do it for themselves mm -hmm. um 
what would be would you have any tips I actually have a I actually have a book coming out for people just like that because okay. I've had people who really wanted to work with me but like you said the weren't able to make the investment and I my heart is to help everyone no matter what their socioeconomic level might be <laughs> so I have this book um it's at the editor right now, but it's called Breakthrough. And it's basically a planner and it kind of walks them through it, the mindset pieces. It's a devotional. So it's, you know, it's got scripture in there. If people are opposed to that, they might not want to get it, but um, they could just skip the devotional part if they wanted. Cause I'll also have some tools in there. Like what we talked about with um, boundaries and managing time and learning to value yourself and where to say yes and where to say no. And then, weekly action steps that can be taken step you know slowly over the course of a year so that they're developing new habits that will um lead them down the path that they want to go on okay and so when's that due out i am hoping to get everything finished and put together and released by mother's day oh great oh um well it's mother's day here on sunday is it there oh no mother's day here is um may 12th i believe second weekend in may okay so it sounds a perfect mother's day present Mm -hmm. i think so okay um so just to to finish up if if we um is there anything i haven't asked that i should have asked I don't think so. You ask great questions. I've really enjoyed this interview. Now it's been really interesting to, 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 to find out how you work and, and the kind of journey and, and everything Thanks. that you've learned. Um, so uh, if people did want to work with you um, mm-hmm. or they wanted to follow you or find out more, where could they find you? Yeah. So people can find me on Facebook at coach Daphne Wiswell on Instagram. I'm just Daphne Wiswell. And then my website is the same, daphnewiswell.com. Okay, great. I'll, what I'll do um, is I'll, I'll post those links. Um, I'll post those links uh, below wherever this is. Awesome. Um, so hopefully people can click through and, and find out more. Yeah, I love, I love getting messages from people. I'm happy to answer questions. It's like my favorite pastime. <laughs> okay, great. Well... Hopefully we'll, we'll, we won't overwhelm you with questions. I'm sure not. Thank you so much, Rob. Okay, thank you. It's really interesting to, to talk to you. Thank you for your time, Daphne. Thank you. Have a great day. And you too. Okay, bye. Bye-bye.